Storefronts, auto glass, safety glass for heavy equipment, window and insulated glass, patio doors and plexiglass, mirrors, expert repair service. Plus, Kaposi Glass Mart provides 24-hour emergency board-up service. Call the Kaposi Glass Mart team today at 583-6200. That's 583-6200. Kaposi Glass Mart, serving the upstate since 1975. Kaposi Glass Mart, helping your team win. Live from the Fox Sports 1498 3FM FM studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your ringtone. <laughs> Impex Pre-Owned presents Start Your Engines. Find your next car, truck, or SUV at Impex Pre-Owned on Asheville Highway in Boiling Springs and ImpexPreOwned.com. Here's your racing team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Author and veteran motorsports journalist, Deb Williams. Local action from winning car builder and owner, Alan Hill. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. And now, here's your host, for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author, Harry Allen Wood. Good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1400, 98.3 FM on a hot looking Saturday morning here in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Good morning, Alan. Good morning, Perry. Somebody erase all our statistics over I, there? I think they done it. Uh, when they had the crowd in here. Kind of crowded. Yeah. All you got to do is rub a butt against that and it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> so they're going to they gonna need one of those ladders on the back of your truck to erase where you put it now. But uh, that's not too convenient for you. Uh, by the way, did we have a winner last week? Yes, we did. Who was it? Perry. Perry. Perry picked the D- Didn't he car? change his at the last minute? I don't I... No, he didn't. He had... He had uh, Chase Elliott, and um, good morning there, uh, Greg. How you doing? Doing real good. Like I say, it's just a hot day, and uh, saw some good racing in the trucks last night. And real good racing, I thought. I, I thought it was one of the better truck races that, that we had. Yep. And uh, other than this heat and the fact that, that, that it rains every afternoon, it seems like, or if it don't, it comes up, looks like we've got a thunderstorm coming or a tornado, and then it does something, and then it don't. But Welcome to uh, summer. Yeah, welcome to summer. That, that's 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 the deal. How you doing there, Ronnie? Oh, I'm I'm doing fine. Let's let's. I, I told you before we started the show. I did something today or this week that I haven't done in a year and a half. What'd you say it was? Climb on a roof? <laughs> no, that's <laughs> many years ago. But I went to the movies in a movie theater. Wow, it felt so good to get back out in the world. And I know you being such a he-man and everything, you went to see something really masculine and, and yeah. tough. I went to see uh, Boss Baby. Yeah. With my granddaughter. Good. I'm glad you uh, qualified it with that. But uh, yeah, Greg, uh, you watched the truck race last night. I tell you, I like that black dirt. I like the fact that uh, the the track actually looked like it had some straightaways. I guess that was a half mile track. We're talking about Knoxville, Iowa. And I tell you what, I mean, they when they left after that race, you could tell they'd been on a dirt track. Those trucks were beat all to pieces, and it was a good close race, and they had to have like three restarts. And one of those restarts, uh, they wadded up about 10 trucks on the straightaway before they even got to the first turn. So uh, anyway, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Austin Hill was the winner. And let me ask you something about this now. If you didn't see it, 
you other fellas there. Here's what happened. Uh, ben Rhodes, who's leading the points in the trucks, he hit something, and it was like a, a rod or a pipe or something. It was hollow, sticking out of the front of his truck. And it looked like a ram. And they were saying, well, that's, that's the proverbial chrome horn. But anyway, mm-hmm. they had a caution flag. And he was running up at the front because he is the point leader. And he's doing good this year, real good. And they, NASCAR was discussing whether to black flag him or not. Well, they gave him the green and started the race and black flagged him after two laps. I'm telling you what, that crew chief was mad. And he even used the... Uh, uh, foul language when he got interviewed by J- Jamie Little there, and uh, he had a right to be mad. I, mean, I think so. Well, had had they told him he needed to do something, they could have used a sawzall or something. Well, to they just... did, when, but it was under the green. Well, actually, what happened was, as they black flagged him, and he was coming back around, they had another wreck. So he actually didn't, they, they were talking about he was going to lose about four laps, but he only lost one, and he got that right back pretty quick on the the lucky dog but i'm telling you what that was a terrible way to handle that situation and you know the crews i guess they were monitoring nascar they could hear them discussing it so uh i mean what would bud morris said about that greg would he gone down there and argued about it too it might have been worse than that <laughs> no that, that deal was bad it was it's really it's really bad and that was a bad call and it looked bad, and the, the, everybody was getting hot, and I thought that car owner, he was the little guy, I thought he was going to slug that NASCAR official, and they were trying to have him hold him back a little bit, and the uh, crew chief, the big guy in the white white shirt, he uh, he's the one that used uh, inappropriate language, and he's probably lucky. He said, I'm going to the trailer. He said, I'm going to the NASCAR trailer. I can tell you that right now. So, uh I don't know. It's just a just an example on national television of a a bad call. A bad call, and I'll tell you, we we got a fantastic guest coming on at eleven o'clock. Who'd you get? Got Ricky Rudd, and uh, one of the better race car drivers or in NASCAR, and uh, he can tell us about a story where there was about as much injustice where they said a precedent. Yep. And it cost him a race, and I'm sure we could talk to him about that. I noticed his first win was on a road course, and his last win was on a road course. He was a road course driver. Yeah, he really was. And, and a real good short track driver. And really could run, he could get around Daytona and Talladega better than people thought. Even with his eyes taped open. Even with his eyes taped <laughs> open. And when he done that, you know, he run 725 miles. And this was Rockingham car, which is slower aerodynamically that we use in... Uh, it runs seventh and 125 mile, runs seventh and 500, and turn right around next week and one Richmond, one Richmond passed Darrell Waldrop on the outside, and we had on used tires. Okay, let's uh, save some of that for Ricky. Uh, yeah. But that's a good guess. Good guess you got there, Greg. That's a you do it every week. Get us a good one, Alan. How did uh, Kyle Larson do at Cherokee Speedway Thursday night? Um. Uh. Well, he done pretty good if he had got to race. Uh, oh, but, uh, <laughs> something about this hurricane coming up this East Coast and Lucas Oil being in Ohio, they kind of canceled out and from the home office, from what I can understand, on Cherokee Speedway. And uh, a lot of people's upset about that. I don't blame them a bit. Uh, I mean, you know, to be able to call a racetrack or call a race off and you in Ohio and we in South Carolina, you know how... It did rain here a little bit Thursday morning, but uh, it cleared off about 11 o'clock. And yeah. We could have got that race in. Well, I, 
actually at my house, it must have rained some overnight because I had uh, the, everything was wet when I got to my desk at seven o'clock. But uh, it was no more rain. I, we didn't get another drop, and it was really supposed to be kind of a washout all day. We had more rain yesterday than we did Saturday, um, Thursday. So uh, kind of like kind of like a bad call in the truck race last night. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, well, when you can call it from way off, and uh, it just shouldn't happen like that. No, it shouldn't happen like that. But they. Uh, I don't know if uh, they'll try to have him back again or not. I I didn't really consider going over there because I figured it'd be a huge crowd. And let me ask you about that. I guess we could have uh, the uh, the promoter on sometime and ask him this. But I didn't see, other than you telling me, I'd have never known Kyle Busch was going to be there. I mean, do, do they, did they know they'd have a big enough crowd just by word of mouth and everybody that they didn't have to advertise? Because, I mean, that's a pretty big deal, actually. These people, if you was to come see one of these races now, these people load their campers up on probably Wednesday, and they follow these series. Uh, last uh, night, last night they was in Maryville, Tennessee, yeah. paid $12,000 to win, mm-hmm. and I'll get into that a little bit later on. But these people load these campers up, and they travel. They follow these boys. They Like I say, they race three nights a week or whatever on weekends, like Friday, Saturday, or Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And... Uh, you just you just kind of look it up as far as you know, like our phone systems now. We you can just look it up on Lucas Oil series and see where they racing yeah. at, and they have a good enough crowd following. They don't need to and, advertise. And they uh, had uh, forty nine top notch cars at Maryville, Tennessee last night, and started thirty two from what I can understand. Wow. Well, the Cup guys and the Xfinity are all um, at Atlanta this weekend, which is the first time in. I didn't check it, but it's been quite a few years that they've had more than one race in Atlanta. You know, they uh, they cut Atlanta back and they moved their date around. It was on Labor Day for a while, and then it, they brought it back to spring for the uh, the quick trip Foles of Honor race that we've already uh, that they've already run. Uh, I think uh, Blaney might have won that. I'm not sure, but anyway, I think he did. But they, we're back to two races in Atlanta, which is a good thing for Atlanta. I think they deserve two races. Yeah, I've always liked that place. But how about this news about Atlanta? And I don't know how many of you guys read read about this or heard about it. After this race, they're going to tear the track down. They're going to raise the banks eight uh, to 28 degrees. They're going to raise it 4 degrees. And they're going to make it narrow, narrower to 40 feet. And they're going to... Uh, uh, and, and it was kind of, from what I understand, designed by um, computer... Which there's nothing wrong with that, but it's from iRacing, from what the iCars, the the new next generation car that they're going to introduce next year, uh, what, how it would probably react on this track um, to make the racing closer and more exciting. So they've changed the track to fit the car, and they don't know how either one's going to work. And I'm telling you what, people like Harvick and Kyle Busch, and uh, even uh, some of the well, uh, you know, I won't say lesser drivers, but, you know, of less statute, there's no doubt about it, like Cole Custer and some of those guys. They're living. In fact, they had uh, Jeremy Clements was on open mic as he is every Wednesday. I mean, and he pretty much said, this is nuts. I mean, nobody asks us about this. Nobody won't even ask for our input. I mean, not like, what do you think? You know, I mean, Bill France, I think, used to do that with Bud Moore. He'd say, Bud, what do you think about doing something like this? But... You can't really blame them for going to run a new car they've never raced on a track that 
was visualized on the computer. Well, they've got that computer system now. Did you see it uh, last week where if we pit now, they've got it simulated on their computer system that whenever they come back out, that they will not be in traffic. Right. And I, I mean, saw that when, was... whenever they start getting into that as far as the oval racetrack to where, oh, if I pit now, whenever I come back out, I'm going to have three quarters of a racetrack in front of me that that I can run wide open around, and I won't come back out in traffic. So uh, these computers are, I ain't going to say, might as well just put your computer driver in there. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. And, uh, but it was, uh, Well, I, with, I think that'd be a good thing to ask Ricky Rudd about. about yeah, with the redesign of the new track like that, with two unknown variables, it could end up being a cluster, and I won't finish that. Well, I think it's. I think that's what everybody's anticipating. And uh, now, Greg, you can speak for when they first reconfigured Atlanta. Well, about ninety-seven or something like that, and they were. Uh, it went from a an oval, a true oval. It had it's a mile and a half track. It had a mile's worth of turns and a quarter and a, and a half mile worth of straightaways. And uh, Ricky Rudd won on that track. For you guys, and it was like that from 1960 until I'd say 96 or so, and then in 97 when they shaped it like Charlotte, um, it made speed, the pass for well, yeah, speeds were incredible. That's when y'all about lost uh, uh, Steel. Um, what was his first? Tim yeah, Steel. Tim Steel. Yeah, we, we was but, they, but they ran like 197. Yeah, and he come off the truck uh, and. <laughs> We was working out a deal with with a sponsor, and his daddy was interested and stuff. And Tim Sale would run awful good in Arca. Uh, he won every week. Won every week on all those tracks, and he crawled over in our good car uh, that we had at Charlotte, and he just bingo just right off the bat, run two or three tenths quicker than anybody. But we got into a deal to where we went at a. One dude like it never did make it for the qualifying run because well, didn't make it right. Let, let me run. interrupt you, Greg. What I was trying to get at though was not the Tim Steele story. It was about the track itself getting oh, yeah, changed. Yeah, it, it, uh, Tim, we'd do that another day. Yeah, I, I didn't. I, I didn't like the way they changed it. It, it. it, like I say, they they done a lot of it, changed the sweets around, which they do some of this stuff. But when they took Atlanta and then put that that dog leg with a straightaway in it. Like they got at Charlotte, I think. I think it. Uh, I, I I just think it hurt the race in there and everything. I mean, this this that true oval. There was something to it. Well, it it was it was configured where you could see the whole track from anywhere at the track. Anyway, it was like the infield was sunk a little bit. I know it got real hot down in there, but uh, it get muddy too. Cause yeah, and I was in both a lot back in those days, but uh, it was. You know, you could, you could. I used to say you could lay on your back in the infield, which I probably did once or twice, and see and still see the whole track. I mean, it was just that that well. Um, then they ran Indy cars there. Went down saw an Indy car race one one year. I think it was eighty one, and uh, I didn't like them messing it up the first time. So now they've uh, they're messing it up again, and Lord knows what how it's going to turn out. But we'll we'll ask Ricky Rudd about that. I'm sure he got wind of it, and if anybody can. Uh, as an expert on racetracks, I'd say he is because he won there under the oldest configuration. He's a, he's a, a road course expert, and uh, we'll have him on at 11 o'clock. But let's take our first break right now and come back. Um, we've got a 
full show for you. And you're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1400, 98.3 FM. Start-your-engines.com. Find the car, truck, or SUV of your dreams at a price you can afford at Impex Pre-Owned. Asheville Highway, Boiling Springs. Don't just dream it, drive it at Impex Pre-Owned. For scores, high school football schedules, articles, and everything going on here at the station, download our app today. Just search Fox Sports 1400 either at the Apple Store or via Google Play now. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like RJ Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories, such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and they'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt, whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave, across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. Do you want a rundown house or a property with problem tenants? Did a relative leave you a house behind on maintenance and all the problems that go with it? If any of these things are true, Upstate Property Solutions can help. Upstate Property Solutions buys homes in any condition or circumstance. Foreclosures, condemned homes, mobile homes with or without land, it doesn't matter. We have a solution for you. The best part is we will pay you cash. So give us a call today at 256-0727 or visit UpstatePropertySolutions.com. Consultations are free. Welcome back. And John Fogarty's Bad Moon Rising usually means it's time for Alan Hill. Alan, what's going on? Well, we had a little bit of racing going on last week around at our local racetracks. We're going to start off with Harris Speedway. They had the Blue Ridge Outlaw Division up there for a special event. But we're going to start off with the Front Wheel Drive Division. First place went to Trent Blackwell. Second went to Jonathan Butler. Third went to Keelan Tate. And the Thunder Bomber Division, first place went to Tyler Geis. Second went to Justin Barber. Third went to Brandon Sagerfield. In the Renegade Division, we had a $100 bounty out on Josh Burgess, but seems like nobody could collect it. So, uh, first place, Josh Burgess. Second place, Phoenix Slaughter. 
third place was Brandon Davis. In the Young Gun Division, first place, Caden Presnell, second, Trenton Jamison, third, John Michael. In the Crate Sportsman Division, first place, David Lucas, second, Jesse Wall, third, Tanner Fortune. In the Pure Stock Division, first place, Dwayne Worley, second place, Nathan Pierce, third, Josh Ayers. In the Thunder Bomber Futures, first place, Tyler Abernathy, second place, Dallas Miller, third was Heath Henderson. That's a bunch of new names there. Yes, it is. For me, anyway. Every, every so often, you, you'll get a whole different crowd come in there. Something, I don't know if it's something about the racetrack was a little bit different that night. But some guys' cars will handle and some cars won't. But well, uh, That's three names but, I'm not familiar with. But for some reason, old Josh Burgess seems to get together every weekend. Yeah, yeah. And the Blue Ridge Lake Malls. First place went to Matthew Nance. Second place went to Ron Parker. And third went to Scott Shirley. Moving down the road here to Cherokee Speedway. Uh, Thunder Bomber Division. First place, Madison Hoot. Second place, Blake Blitney. Third place, Daniel Matthews. And the Super Sportsman Division, first place, Josh Hoops. So uh, his boy won the Thunder Bomber Division, and he missed running one Super Sportsman Division. Well, so good, good night for the Hoops family. It sure was. Second place was Earl Petty. Third place was Andy Blackwood. In the Sharps Mini Late Models, first place, Jody Sparks. Second place, Ryan Brown. Third place, Tyler Keel. In the Crystal Late Model Division, first place, Brian Mullis. Second place, Ron Ruggiero Jr. Third place, Gray Pardon. In the Extreme 4 Division, first place, Chris Meadows. Second place, Travis Langford. Third place, Jason Merchant. In the Mid-East Modified Tour, first place went to Jeff Parsons. Second place went to Chris Stowe. Third went to Greg Brown. 602 Charger Division, first place went to Brandon Dockery. Second place went to Tommy Smith. Third place went to Jeremy Fowler. In the Young Guns Division, First place went to Bryson Freeze. Second place went to Ronnie Pitson. And third went to Brock Smith. Now moving over to last night. We're going to come over here to Traveler's Rest Speedway. Uh, Extreme 4 Division. First place went to Trent Blackwell. Second went to Chase Stevens. Third went to Tony Stevens. Thunder Bomber Division. First place went to Rod Tucker. Second place went to Kyle Goss. Third went to Timmy Smith. In the Rookie Division. First place went to Caden Presnell. Second went to J.J. Coggins. Third went to Dale Bennett. Pure Stock Division. First place went to Jason McGrew. Second went to Taylor Johnson. Third went to Kevin Nations. Thunder Bomber Futures. First place went to Stetson Todd. Uh, Stetson's been winning a lot of these Thunder Bomber Futures. And looked at his times. And uh, his times is getting to be where I think they can fix and make him step up to Thunder Bomber's uh, division. Okay. So, uh. I think I don't know what the rule is there as far as so many wins you've got to step up, but uh, time for him to step about, up. About time for him to step <laughs> out of this uh, futures division. Uh, second place went to Blade Edwards. Third place went to Charlie Menders. In the Crate Sportsman Division, first place went to Jake Jackson. Second went to Colt Gilliam. And third went to Greg Carroll. Uh, we're going to start off with Harris tonight. Cherokee Speedway was supposed to race last night, I mean Thursday night, but they didn't get to race, so uh, only racetrack we're going to have racing tonight is going to be Harris Speedway. Got canceled from Ohio. Got canceled from Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> but at Harris tonight, they're going to put on a good show up there, so I figure that they will have a crowd of people up there, so you might need to get up there a little bit earlier to get you a good seat. 
they're going to start off with the Christmas Thunder Bomber Shootout, paying two thousand dollars to win. That's good. That might be a that might be a good reason for uh, Stetson Todd to step out of the futures and step <laughs> on up to this Thunder Bomber division. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, along with the $2,000 in the Thunder Bomber shootout, they also got Pure Stock Division going to pay $1,000. 602 Late Models, $700. Renegade Division, originally paid is $600, but since the 98 car won last week, there's a $100 bounty on him. This week, there's $200 bounty on him. It goes up. It goes up every week. Uh, you might, might, might have to watch out for Wally. Wally didn't get to race last night at Travers Rest because they kind of cut their division out a little bit last night because they had another show there. Uh-huh. And so uh, he might try to ease on up there to Harris Speedway tonight and get that 200 so that'd make an $800 night for Wally. I think he ought to. In the Crate Sportsman Division, $500. Stock Front Wheel Drive, $300. Thunder Bomber Futures, $250. Stock Four, $600. Uh, Young Guns Division paying two fifty tonight. Gates will open at four o'clock. Drivers meeting is going to be at seven o'clock this evening. And right after they have drivers meeting, they'll start practices. And so, uh, be a good night to get on up there. Grandstands are fifteen dollars. Pits are going to be thirty dollars. And like I said a little bit earlier, the Lucas Oil. Everybody was complaining about uh, Gaffney Speedway not racing because the sun come out on Thursday afternoon, but. Uh, Gaffney did not have too much of a say-so in this deal. This race was called from Ohio. That's that's not right. But uh, the Lucas Oil Series, they moved on up there to Maryville, Tennessee for a two-night show up there in Maryville, Tennessee. Last night, they had a 40-lap race. It paid $12,000 to win. That's a lot of money. Yes, it is. They had, from what I can understand, had 41 cars to show up. They had uh, five heat races there with... Uh, about eight to nine cars in each heat race. Started off with a 32-car field. First place, one of our local boys, Chris Madden. Okay. Second place, Mike Mahler. Third place, Jonathan Davenport. Fourth place, Hudson O'Neill. Fifth place, Tim McCready. Sixth place, Jimmy Owens. Seventh place, Chris Ferguson. Eighth place, Brandon Shepard. Ninth place, Darrell Lanigan. Tenth place was Josh Richards. And now they go stay right there. And tonight, they will have a 60-lap main event that's going to pay twenty grand. Wow. Yeah, so... Uh, <clears throat> they getting, on, they getting up, on, up on there on that prize money. That, yes. That's starting to get kind of serious. Well, if you could... Uh, if they would have had the one at Cherokee Speedway on uh, Thursday night, it paid ten grand to win. Going up there to Tennessee and get to twelve grand, then going up there and get the other twenty grand, uh, you'd have a pretty good 42, 42 grand weekend. Yeah. So, uh, but that ain't nothing like uh, Brandon Overton had out there at uh, the race out there at Tony Stewart's track where he won both main events and took away about 273000 That I mean, that's impossible. What? $273,000. Yes, sir. Mm. They used to have they used to have a dirt race once a year that would pay $1 million to win. Well, I, I understand, and, but, but I mean... Uh, but they, uh, the one that Tony Stewart had up there at his racetrack... Uh, Everybody knows that that's the dream, the world. The dream, yeah. Yeah, the dream. See, it was canceled out last year, but you can order your tickets online. So that's, they had two main events up there. They still had to make up for last year's race. Yeah, oh, I see. On Wednesday and Thursday, 
Wednesday night you qualified, Thursday night you run the main event right. for for the. Then you had the they had the twenty sixth and twenty seventh annual race on okay. one weekend. I see. Was that it? That's pretty much all of our local racing going on. So, okay. Uh, like I said, they uh, Carolina Speedway. I think they got a little bit of rain yesterday afternoon, so they kind of pretty much canceled out on us. So, uh, like I say, some of these dirt tracks, uh, I ain't gonna say. Uh, Rock Galt used to. You could hear it pouring down the rain on the on the on the ten. You could call him up back. That's back whenever we used to have to have the old phones. You could call him up. Oh yeah, we're gonna race y'all. Just come on. <laughs> Sooner or later, it might be two or three two or three o'clock on Sunday morning, but you're gonna race. They didn't do that. What Thursday night did they? No, they didn't. They... All right. Let me touch on a couple of things here. First of all, I've been meaning to mention this for two weeks, and. uh Alan won't remind me, but we next week are going to be on from 10 until 1, live and direct from uh, Impex Pre-Owned up there on the Asheville Highway. Uh, right, what's that, John Dodd Road that goes across there? Uh, right down below John. It's kind of in between John Dodd Road and uh, North Spartanburg yep. Church on uh, 176. You yep. can't miss it. If you, go up, if you go up 176 and you keep looking to the left, you start looking at all them pretty trucks and cars over there on the left-hand side, you can't miss it. Well, we're going to be there for three hours next week and see if we uh kind of working on something we won't mention yet, but maybe have a live guest there. I know I was in Florida last time we were there, and I wasn't there, and somebody slipped in with a race car. So uh, that was... Uh, that was that was really good. That um, the the yeah, drag was Ernie Smith. Ernie Smith brought his drags. Brought his gasper up there. Yeah, that's uh, a good looking little car too. Yeah, and another. All right, so we'll talk about that maybe a little bit more if I remember to promote it. Uh, last week after the race, uh, Alan sent me a picture to scoreboard and said congratulations. And uh, I think you're trying to take a win away from Greg, aren't you? I see two on that picture right there. Greg, did you have two? Well, there's, there, that's what you sent me. <laughs> yeah, I, I had uh, Larson a couple of races. Well, that's right. You got hot with and, Larson. And uh, and Deb jumped on him, and she she got a win out of him. Okay, but that's not what we're talking about. Greg, no, I know. I'm trying to save you a win here because uh, the uh, there that looks a lot better. We had a... The scoreboard here was too low, and I guess when that last crowd walked out of here, as I said earlier, somebody's hindquarters rubbed a rubbed the scores off the whiteboard so alan's got it up real high there and i'm sitting here looking at it while he's talking and i'm saying you know that i think greg had two and so alan sent I, me a picture of the scoreboard last week thank goodness and i and it confirms the fact that i don't think it was intentional but uh i was trying to get it <laughs> <laughs> but we will uh we'll get into that with deb when uh, a little bit later, let me take this opportunity to thank Lanny McKinney, who does our podcast, and needed him last week because I forgot to hit start and on the on the flash drive here. So we appreciate everything that Lanny does, maintaining the Bud Moore Engineering website, our Facebook page, and puts our podcast out there, which uh, all of our shows, and I believe this is number one hundred and thirty-six, is. Uh, over four years is on uh, is on our podcast, and um, there's some pretty good entertainment there for uh, any of you people that want to waste your time listening to, to this show again. So it's uh, it, it's they are some great interviews on there with the fantastic people we have here on every week that Greg gets us, and uh, 
So I guess that's about it for uh, all the housekeeping. I will uh, hit this. Uh, let me hit the truck race. This was already discussed. It. I'll get it on out of the way. As old news, uh, it was run last night on the black dirt of the half mile track at uh, Knoxville, Iowa. As Greg told you, we uh, it was an excellent race. Austin Hill was the winner, driving the uh, the Shigete Hattori uh, Toyota. Second was Chandler Smith, driving for Kyle Busch, and thank goodness he got outrun. It's just good to see the one of some of Kyle's equipment not win every week. Grant Enfinger was third. Todd Gilliland was fourth, and he led a, a lot of the race. It's 150 laps. He led 61 of them. Uh, fifth was Derek Krause. Sixth, Matt Crafton. Seventh, Ben Rhodes, who, uh, as I mentioned earlier, got the shaft from NASCAR when they black flagged him uh, on the green flag after they could have done it during the caution. Eighth was Brian Brown. Not familiar with him. Ninth was Tate Fogelman. Not, not familiar with him. And 10th was Danny Bond, and I'm not familiar with him. John Hunter Nemechek was 11th in uh, Kyle Busch's other truck, and he's been doing a great job of, uh, I think he's, let me get to the point standings here. I'm pretty sure he's leading the point standings and didn't do anything to hurt himself too bad last night. Yes, he is. John Hunter Nemechek is first in the standings. Second is Ben Rhodes, who I said for the last time, got the shaft last night. Third was Austin Hill, the winner last night. Fourth, Todd Gilliland, fifth, Zane Smith, sixth, Matt Crafton, seventh is uh, Sheldon Creed tied with Grant Enfinger, ninth, Carson Hosevar, who actually led a bunch of that race last night and looked real good, and tenth was Stuart Friesen, the Canadian. So uh, that takes care of the trucks. They will race next time. Let me see if I got that here. Uh, I do not. I can find it out for you. But the uh, tell you what we're going to do. Let's go ahead and take our next break, and hopefully when we get back, we'll have Deb uh, Williams, and you're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1400, 98.3 FM. Ricky's Drive-In West and Little Rick's East on Asheville Highway are your go-to stops for chili dogs, cheeseburgers, and so much more. Right now, all combos are just $6, and all kids' meals are just $3. And it's easier than ever to take advantage of these deals with their convenient drive-thru. Do you have a big appetite or several mouths to feed? Ask for the drive-thru special. Ten hot dogs, a large fry, and a gallon of tea for just $22.99. Ricky's Drive-In West on Blackstock Road and Little Rick's East on Asheville Highway. The drive-thru is open. If you're riding around in your car listening to a game and your car radio sounds like this. And you want it to sound like this. There's the pass to Leitner. Puts it up. Then you need to visit Elite Audio on Asheville Highway. Elite Audio sells and installs premium audio systems for your vehicle. Car stereo speakers, DVD players, navigation systems, and so much more. So stop riding around listening to busted speakers and subpar audio quality. And visit Elite Audio today online at EliteAudioOnline.com. Elite Audio, 1504 Asheville Highway. You dream it, we build it. We are Fox The home of the South Carolina Gamecocks is Fox Sports 1400. WSBG Spartanburg. This is our on FM at 98.3. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit 
upstatelogistics.com. This is Jeremy Clement, and you're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. Speedy Lube and Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway, and Inman lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC-certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. We can sum up McDonald's new crispy chicken sandwich in one word. Crispy, but also juicy and tender. Okay, it's crispy, juicy, tender. All one word. But then, also pickle. Oh, and potato bun, which is two words. Okay, we can't sum up our new crispy chicken sandwich in one word, so you'll just have to try it to understand it. Order ahead on the McDonald's app at participating McDonald's. is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Now let's go live to Deb. Good morning, Deb. How you doing? Good morning. Fine, thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. And uh looks like a another hot July day down in Spartanburg. And um, saw some hot racing last night in that truck race. I hope you watched it because I thought it was very entertaining. Oh, it was. I thought they were never going to get through the overtime. I didn't know if they were going to have any trucks left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. I uh, thought last night, you know, it's a good thing they've got three weeks until the next truck race. Well, um, I was, uh, we've already talked about it a little bit here, but uh, that really was kind of a raw deal throwing the black flag, I thought, after they could have, on uh, Ben Rhodes, after they could have done it during the caution, but... Uh, I guess that's the way it goes sometimes. They, he did recover to finish seventh, but that that was just uh, bad, poor management, I thought, on, on NASCAR's part. Well, I think probably what they thought is that they would bring him down under the caution. You know, they probably thought the team would, quote, unquote, have enough sense to bring him down under caution and fix it. And when they didn't, that's when they black flagged him. Well... My only answer to that would be that would have given up a lot of track position if uh, if, if they'd let him go ahead and run. Now, but you know they're not going to let him run like that. So in that sense, you're right. But uh, I guess they were just thinking uh, one of the guys here, I think, who was it, Greg? Was that you saying just now that they should have just run into the back of another truck and uh, and, uh, and knock that thing off? Yeah. Yeah, they could have. And, and, you know, there was two or three trucks. They up, it was running around there had... Uh, I don't. The fiberglass will move around, and I you know, think it's working out pretty good. But you, you saw a whole lot of tore up stuff. Well, when you yeah, race, when you race on dirt, you will tear up a lot of stuff, Greg. Sure, you will. <laughs> well, yeah, but I forgot about. But that. I think the main thing was that bar that was sticking out. I think that was the the crux of the matter that they had an issue with that NASCAR had an issue with. Well, we had another winner last week, Deb, and it was me. Good for you. Good for me. So uh, I tell you what, we've already had Lanny call in or text in, and he wants uh, Logano. So if you'd like to go ahead and pick, take the next pick, go right. Thank you. I'm right going to take Kyle Larson. 
Kyle Larson. And uh, Greg, what do you think? I like old Kyle Larson. And, too late. Right, too late. <laughs> anyway, I don't blame you, Deb. I took him, too. But anyway, uh, I'd say in Atlanta and everything, let's go with, uh, uh, well, Larson have been took. Let's go with Ketelowski. There you go, number two. Uh, Ronnie, what do you think? Well, I'm going to switch it up a little bit this week, and I think Kevin Harvick's going to break through in Atlanta and, and get his at least one win. Well, this is the first time you haven't picked the Truex in a long time. It is. Uh, well, so I'm, that means he'll probably win this week. I will stick with uh, Chase Elliott since nobody else wants him. It's his home track and he's on the pole, so that's sort of sort of, hopefully a good thing there. And, uh, Alan, what do you think? I think I'm going to stay with Kyle Busch. Okay. And Jada will take? Uh, we'll give her Denny Hamlin. He's going to break through here. Yeah, he will. Deb, what do you think about... Uh, what they're going to do to the Atlanta Motor Speedway. That's some pretty drastic stuff, and I, I haven't heard any praise from the drivers about it. Well, I just found out about it yesterday, and so I am I think that possibly maybe a lot of the drivers hadn't even had time to think about it or analyze it. You know, they've, they've had a lot of other stuff on their mind, and um, the thing that you know, quite frankly, I never liked the way they changed the track anyway. I didn't either. It. I didn't either. I thought it was a, a really good track before they did what they did to it. And so, I've always been opposed to the way they changed it. But the thing that bothers me about what they're going to do to the track now is not necessarily the banking. I think it's interesting that they're going to the... 28 degree banking yeah but what bothers me is that they're making the track more narrow yes and i don't see any sense in that to me that's just that's not a good deal so i i don't know what the mind thought is there i haven't talked to anybody at smi about it well what, found out what the thought process was behind it i've heard a little bit i think from a uh kevin harvick talked a little bit about it and uh, they've known about it longer uh in fact i actually heard about it uh, we have Jeremy Clements on uh, an afternoon show every Wednesday uh, on a remote broadcast, and he was talking about it, and he didn't like it either. And what he was saying was this track was computer designed through iRacing uh, experience based on the projected performance of the next generation car. And that that's just a whole bunch of variables there of... Uh, you know, things they don't know a whole lot about yet. And Jeremy said, you know, it, maybe it'll be great, but uh, he didn't say that. But he said, you know, nobody was consulted. No, none of the drivers were asked for their input or anything. And that's kind of, you know, they're upset about that. That's bad. Yeah, I don't blame them. And, and you know, and the computers do a lot of things and it keeps the drivers sharp. And, you know, it's, it's always been kind of controversial, but it does it does keep the drivers hitting their marks gives them something to do and, and they're amazing things but to design a racetrack like atlanta and on a car that hadn't been raced yet on, had, on a car hadn't been raced yet i'd have to have a little bit of doubt in that computer about what it's saying especially when you go to narrowing it up i mean you know yeah i think uh i think they're starting to rely too much on computers and electronics and not enough on common sense exactly so. right deb you know, and I think the other thing, too, they forgot that when Atlanta was built, and heck, 
Greg, you know this, because of it being so good for Fords, the way it was, it's got the longest turns of any track in the shortest straightaways, which is why your tire temperatures are like they are. Yeah, that's but, what we were talking about that earlier. The, back in the old days, when, when I I never even have been to the new configuration, but I love the old one and those... A I didn't mile, know but one. A mile worth of turns and a half mile and a, and a half mile worth of straightaways, and it was a beautiful track to watch a race from. The the there wasn't a bad seat in the house, as far as I was concerned. Oh, I agree. And of course, the front stretch was you know it was what was in the front stretch. Now the back stretch, of course, was narrow. And if you'll remember, in nineteen ninety two, that was you could say cost Davy Allison the championship when he that Ernie Irvin triggered that wreck and there was nowhere to go because of the narrow what was in the front stretch. Yeah. So knowing what that narrow front stretch did with the pit wall and everything, I just don't see any sense in in making that track more narrow. Well, we'll uh you know, from what I understand they'll be on the bulldozers uh shortly after this race is over, Alan. Well you That's think- true. You seen what the nine like to have done last week after the race on on narrow racetrack? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, when he nearly hit the wall doing yes. the donuts. Yes, he did. <laughs> what did you think about the race last week, uh, Deb? I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was a. I love. I just love the road courses, but I, I thought that was a really um, interesting race. And uh, you know, not because I won it, but because. Uh, I guess because I just love road courses, and that's such a long track. They hadn't been there since uh, 1956 when Tim Flock won. And, you know, um, what you th- what you take away from it? Well, I love Road America. Yeah. If I could have been there last week, I would have been. It's a beautiful facility. And one thing that's really cool is all the civic organizations in that area run the concession stands. So, you know, when you buy food, you're helping a civic organization. And not only that, the food is just out of this world. It's really good because it's home-cooked, home-baked by everybody. Or, you know, it's it's not um, fast food, so to speak. But I thought it was a really good race, very interesting, yep. as, as was the Xfinity race the day before. But I tell you right now, Chase Elliott definitely earned that victory. No one can say it was handed to him because he earned that win. Well, we're having a road course expert come on right after you, at, after the top of the hour, and also an Atlanta expert, and that's Ricky Rudd. And I'm going to be interested to see um, what he thinks about uh, the turns that NASCAR has taken with the adding all the road courses plus uh, screwing up Atlanta, if that's what they've done. And... Um, but that'll be, you know, after the top of the hour. Deb, um, so they're going back to Atlanta. This is the first time they've been back at Atlanta. And uh, you probably know, I don't, I'm not sure how many years, but they moved Atlanta's spring date around. It was on Labor Day, and it was here and there, and now it's back in a spot. But then they've uh, given them another date. Yeah, and I was looking up, you know, I don't think a lot of people realize that one of Atlanta's races used to always be in this section of the summer before they moved the second race to be in the season finale for so many years. Right. And I was looking, when Atlanta opened in 1961, the first race 
was actually in the summer. Yeah, it was. And it, the it, second it, race was in October. Yeah, it opened in 1960. Uh, Cotton Owens was it is, 60? Yeah. Okay, I looked at the wrong year then. I was I was thinking it opened a year after Charlotte, but I guess that was Bristol that did that. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't thinking Bristol, but yeah, the Charlotte and Atlanta opened the same year. I remember that, yeah, if for no other reason, because Cotton Owens' car won it with Bobby Johns. But and uh, it had a bunch gotcha. of rain outs. That racetrack got rained out. Oh, yeah, in the early 60s. It I seemed think like that. In 60, when they built it, or 61, they had, well, it actually broke the racetrack. I mean, they didn't take in no money. I mean, it really hurt them finally. Oh, I know. Money. If it hadn't been for Richard Howard, at the same time he was bringing Charlotte out of bankruptcy, he kept Atlanta alive because he put up the money to guarantee the purse. I don't know if y'all remember this. Greg, you might. Uh, Deb, you probably will. But there was one time, because I was scheduled to go to Atlanta, and it was uh, when it was like end of July, early, it uh, seemed like it was early August, and they had a big problem with the prize money or something, and didn't Joe Littlejohn put up the money? And uh, No, it was, it was Richard. It was um, Richard Howard. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah you're right. Uh, I, maybe they had approached Joe Littlejohn or something, but when I wrote Neil Castle's biography a couple of years ago, he was the one that Richard Howard uh, gave the money to and to carry it down there. And uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. But yeah, they that was uh, whenever whatever year that was, they they came very close to going under then. So uh, yeah, they've had yeah. a very and the, the checkered traffic past. was so bad there. Oh God, traffic yes. was horrible. Yes, I mean my my dad went down there with some of his friends in the early 60s, not long after it opened. And, of course, you know, you didn't have all the interstates and everything now. And he had to be at work at the paper mill in Canton at 7 a.m. And the traffic was so bad, it took them all night to get back. And he just had time to run in the house, change clothes, to get to the mill on time. And he was livid. He told me, he said, if you ever go to Atlanta for a race, you will go after you're old enough to drive yourself <laughs> there because I am never going back. And he stayed true to his word. He never went back to Atlanta to a race. And sure enough, the first race I went to Atlanta was when I went there to cover it for United Press International. So, um, you know, but it, it, the traffic was horrible back then. And you had such a great trip down there last time. <laughs> Yeah, but the problem wasn't around the Atlanta track last time. No, that's right. And Get through Spartanburg. <laughs> that was in your neck of the woods. Getting through Gaffney, which is yeah, going to be yeah. that way for a long time. Deb, but, uh, no, go ahead. Anyway, I, no, I was going to say, the reason I just found out about the Atlanta changes, I've been tied up with home repairs for the last two months, and this past week would be more relative to the National Lampoon home repairs it could be quite a comedy so uh, that's how i've been so late catching up on the atlanta change well that's okay you're excused uh, <laughs> I, I, with uh the fantastic insight you give us uh it's all right to uh get a day behind or something but i tell you what um the the thing with atlanta i think is a is going to be a continuing story we'll hear more about i'm sure they'll be talking about it on the broadcast uh um this Today and tomorrow, and uh, I don't know. I, I, I remember, as I was saying earlier, before we got you on, uh, old old Bill France, or Big Bill France, and I guess his son, too, used to reach out to these veteran car owners, and, and I know Bud Moore used to tell me how him and 
how Bill France would call him up. He even flew to Spartanburg one time, I think, to uh, ask him about, I don't know what particular changes, but on how he thought some things might work and this, that, and the other. And I, I remember uh, hearing that Dale Earnhardt said that uh, the Francis would, would ask him as well. So, you know, this Atlanta track, is it not still a Bruton Smith track? And could could they do that independently without NASCAR's input? Yeah, they can. Okay. Just like they did Bristol. But, but um, you know, Humpy would always ask the drivers. And I know Humpy Wheeler told me one time that when Charlotte was making the switch from having guardrails and the turns to a solid wall, Buddy Baker was animately opposed to it. He did not want them to take the guardrail out and go to um, a solid wall in the turns at Charlotte. But, you know, Humpy tried to convince him as to why a wall was more practical than guardrail. And, um, but, you know, everybody's got their own opinion. And actually, I would say that they stopped consulting a lot of the the drivers and team uh, during the Brian France years, yeah. but they have what a lot of people may not realize they have a drivers council now, and the I don't know who else on the drivers council. I wasn't aware there was who, one. Yes, there is a drivers council, and that's who NASCAR communicates with. If they're before they make changes and stuff, they sit down and they have meetings with them. So. I know I have been in on Zoom conferences and press conferences and teleconferences and all where somebody would ask a driver about something that occurred in the driver's council or their opinion of something that occurs in the, in the meeting with the drivers. And I know they had a meeting with the drivers here at Charlotte about some things. And I've seen a dri- I've heard a driver say, well, I'm not on the council. doesn't matter what I think, so I'm not going to make any comments. Well... The council uh, that I wasn't aware of should be asking for that extra input so uh, they can uh, in, it, so it does include everybody. Uh, you know, they're just like the voice, the representative. But right, that's interesting, Deb. We're going to let you go. I got about a minute here before the top of the hour, and uh, great having you on as always. And you, uh, you're not going to Atlanta then, right? No, I'm not going to Atlanta this time. Even though I'll you be can, back there in the spring, even though you can drive. Even though I can drive, and I would totally avoid <laughs> that area. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, you don't do a whole lot of driving when you go out uh, try to leave Atlanta. First, first of all, it seems like the sun's already going down, but it, it ain't a good place to, to try to get out of. Deb, no. thank, thanks for everything. <laughs> we appreciate everything you do for us, and uh, you're the best. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. Okay, thank you. That's Deb Williams. Uh, what about her, Ronnie? She's the smartest woman I know. She is. She's a brilliant. And, uh, yeah, we'll forgive her for not knowing about the Atlanta reconfiguration. She'll give us some thought and have a whole bunch to say about it, I bet, next week. Well, with just learning about it, she's already had some, some thoughts on it. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, we're going to take a top-of-the-hour break here and come back with uh, Ricky Rudd. Can't wait to talk to him. He'll have a lot to say about Atlanta and, uh, and things in general. You're listening to Start Your Engine on Fox Sports 1400. USBG Spartanburg, now on FM at 98.3.
A few years back, when we were ready to reopen the station, the water pipes burst, putting thousands of dollars of equipment in danger. That was one stressful evening, but one phone call to Thomas McGuire and PuroClean, the paramedics of property damage, and our stress disappeared. PuroClean rolled in, took charge, and rescued the station from severe water damage. Since then, I've used PuroClean at my house. You should do the same. Whether you're faced with fire and smoke damage, a flooding basement, or need carpet or upholstery cleaning, do what I do. And that's called 285-3530 for PuroClean. Hey everyone, this is Ben Ingram. Wake up weekday mornings with Tyler Sugart on Bump and Run from 7 to 9 a.m. Right here on Spartanburg's home for the Atlanta Braves, Fox Sports 1400, 98.3 FM. You can't predict what is going to happen, but you can plan. When was the last time you reviewed your financial plan? Financial advisor Trent Lancaster in Janie Montgomery Scott's Spartanburg office can help you plan for the what-ifs to guide you in working toward a secure financial future that keeps you on track to meet your financial goals. A financial plan can help you with goals such as planning for retirement, educating your children or grandchildren, and passing on your wealth to the people and causes that are most important to you. Take that first step. Let Trent help you establish a plan today designed to protect you for whatever happens tomorrow. Call today at 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jannie Montgomery Scott, LLC. Member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. This is Jeremy Clement, and you're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. There's a new sandwich shop in downtown Spartanburg. It's the Sandwich Shop. Sam and Mitch are two local guys making roast beef, corned beef, and meatballs in-house. They pile it up high to build French dips, Rubens, and meatball subs. I know Sam and Mitch, and I can tell you, you're looking for a couple of ringers for your best ball foursome. I never slide. Look elsewhere. But if you're looking for great sandwiches, take advantage of the free parking at City Hall and visit the Sandwich Shop, 201 Wall Street, downtown Spartanburg. The Hub City Farmer's Market is open every Saturday from April 3rd through December 11th. The Hub City Farmer's Market features fresh local produce, meat, and dairy products. You can also pick up artisan crafts and bath and body products from local vendors. Every Saturday features live music and activities for the kids. Shop local with the Hub City Farmer's Market, part of the Northside Harvest Park at 498 Howard Street. Open Saturdays, 8 a.m. to noon, April 3rd through December 11th. Winning takes a strong team effort, and you'll win when you trust the Capasi Glass Mart team for your commercial and residential glass needs. Storefronts, auto glass, safety glass for heavy equipment, window and insulated glass, patio doors and plexiglass, mirrors, expert repair service. Plus, Capasi Glass Mart provides 24-hour emergency board-up service. Call the Capasi Glass Mart team today at 583-6200. That's 583-6200. Capasi Glass Mart, serving the upstate since 1975. Capasi Glass Mart, helping your team win. Jacob's Clothing and Home Goods is now open at 2601 East Main Street, Suite 21 in Spartanburg. Jacob's Clothing and Home Goods carries a vast selection of clothing for the whole family, as well as lighting, small appliances, kitchen gadgets, and much, much more. They have antiques, jewelry, formal gowns, lots of brand name items at really low prices. Jacob's Clothing and Home Goods reminds you to shop local and support local businesses in your community. Stop by and see what these local folks can do for you. Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m., 2601 East Main Street in Spartanburg. 
Live from the Fox Sports 1498 3FM studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your engines. Impex Pre-Owned presents Start Your Engines. Find your next car, truck, or SUV at Impex Pre-Owned on Asheville Highway in Boiling Springs and ImpexPreOwned.com. Here's your racing team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Author and veteran motor sports journalist, Deb Williams. Local action from winning car builder and owner, Alan Hill. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. And now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Harry Allen Wood. And good morning and welcome back to the second hour of Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1400, 98.3 FM. And it is my great pleasure to welcome to the show the 1992 IROC champion, 1997 Brickyard winner, um, 1977 Rookie of the Year. And I guess this is still intact. Ricky, uh, you still have the most uh, starts in NASCAR. I mean, I got here on the on your Wikipedia page nine hundred and six starts, and that's uh, of course. Of course, we're talking to Ricky Rudd. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing today? Do- um, good. Man, I don't know the, that start record. I, I mean, I I think Richard Petty had the all time record. We're up there somewhere. Um, you know, consecutive starts, and you know, kind of lose track of those things over over time. But uh, probably that durability record is pretty tough. I mean. Petty and maybe that's about it. I think. Who knows? Greg. Yeah. Anyway, I'll say for one thing: we have a race driver on the telephone this morning, and I mean a good one. And uh, you know, we were real fortunate to have Ricky drive for us, and uh, he—they uh, didn't call him Rooster for nothing. The Rooster. That's right. I mean, he, he <laughs> had two roosters on your team. You and. Uh, Ricky and uh, your mother. <laughs> well, Rick, yeah, Rick, Rick. yeah that, that was that was a real ball, Miss, yeah. Mrs. Brewster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, well, anyway, between between Ricky uh, firing back on the radio at Daddy, like I told him to, do, and then he would leave me alone the rest of the race, and Mama was keeping Daddy straight, and I was trying to too, but it all worked out. We had we had some real good seasons, real good, and I wish we'd have kept on with him. But there was a lot of lot of good rides available at that point in time, and. Uh, we come close to getting back together a couple of times. I mean, I mean, Rick really, Rick really did. And uh, Rick, Ricky, tell us, uh, we got one thing here that they changed an Atlanta track or something, Perry. What? what yeah, yeah. They the, doing the computer generated or whatever uh, reconfiguration of Atlanta based on a car that hasn't even raced yet. I mean, uh, I kind of consider you an Atlanta ex- expert. What? Uh, what do you think about all this? <laughs> Well, I, I guess uh, the only way I'd be the expert, I guess, if you count the miles around that place, I'd probably have as many as anybody. But, you know, it seems like to me it's almost too many computers running the show now, you know, and leave it. Uh, they, they do a good job, don't get me wrong. But those computers, uh, you know, I'm sure they got their modeling so sophisticated. I'm sure they got some readouts that maybe told them to change this or change that on the angle of the bank or the material and the asphalt. Way over my head, I just know that Atlanta, from a driver's standpoint, uh, we always enjoyed going there because it, it was really before the the real science of uh, having these compound uh, bank angles where, you know, down low is a short distance. 
but if you want the guy on the outside to be able to run even, then you got to make the up part of uh, top part of the racetrack a little more bang. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, that's the way that Atlanta drove. I don't have the exact numbers on it, but uh, the racing to me uh, w- was always good at Atlanta, especially after the tires got wore down a little bit, and guys would be forced to go to the top of the racetrack. Some guys would go to the bottom of the racetrack, and I, I thought it was pretty good race. And the only complaint with Atlanta is that uh, whenever the asphalt would start to get old and get aged, it, it, it lost a lot of grip, and it, it may be, uh, and a lot, some people say that's what added to the extra good racing side of the side there because the, the bottom wasn't always the fast way to go. Well, you raced on both configurations that they've had, uh, and I know you won for Bud Moore on the the original configuration, and had quite a few years racing on the when they made it into more of a you know shape like Charlotte. Which which one did you like the best, and did, were you saddened to see them change it the first time? You know, not you know as a driver, not not really. I mean, I, I hadn't been around uh, maybe. A few years, I guess, when he changed the configuration. I do remember running on those, definitely both uh, configurations. But, you know, it's, when I look at it, it's even for everybody. So if they change it, sometimes it's not always bad because you get going to these same racetracks over and over and over. It's, it's kind of nice to go to something a little different every now and then. And uh, I think, uh, from what little bit I know about NASCAR's future plans, it, it looks like in the, in the future they'll be visiting a lot of extra tracks. It sounds like more maybe road course um, and their intentions are to do a lot more street racing, just looking at the nature of the new cars, where they're designed, where they're built. Well, and that was one of the things I wanted to mention is uh, they do have more road courses. They've got more this year than ever. And uh, you are an absolute road course expert. I mean, you, you won on road courses a lot. I even saw the graphic on the national telecast last week of the all-time road course winners, and your name was on there. And uh, you won your first race on a road course and your last one on a road course. And uh, you've... Uh, one of the most controversial decisions I ever saw, Greg and I were talking about it this morning, was uh, at Sonoma with uh, Davey Allison. Yeah, that, that outcome didn't turn out kind of way. No, that was should have, But, you know, that's, that's years ago. Hey, maybe, you know, all this uh, stuff that's going on, they're writing a lot of old wrongs. Maybe, maybe, maybe that trophy will show up in the mail one day unexpectedly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know one thing that uh, that was unprecedented, and, and and we were, Rick. I think you were, you were driving uh, your car, or you were driving Hendrix. I can't remember, but you was up front uh, the, the whole time and had had the fastest car. And you know, people on road course, you can't help not running into people or getting up underneath them, and then they're cutting them off, and you was up underneath them. But I I couldn't believe when they when they did what they did that. Uh, yeah.
and uh, have it do different things, um, and then that's the way you sort of move through the field. And you know, I think you sort of missed that on these real big tracks. But hopefully, they'll bring some of those back. I'd love to go to Elkhart Lake. We we went up there and run the Mustangs a couple of times. It's a big old road course, four miles. And I I always thought in my mind I'd just love to went up there with a stock car or hell one of them Trans Am cars and Ricky drive around there. It would be a joke. <laughs> Ricky, <laughs> Ricky <laughs> just drive off and leave them. Now I'm telling you, Ricky. Yeah, a lot of these. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah, you go ahead. You go ahead. No, I was just going to say the road race and you know back in. You know, it seemed like the most success was back when they didn't have the custom-built transmissions. And I'm that, that, thinking that came in somewhere probably around the, uh, I'd say, mid-'80s maybe or late-'80s when those, they came out with the, the transmissions where you didn't have to use the clutch. And for really, and, and not many people talk about that, but that was a huge game-changer when we went road racing is now a lot of guys never could quite figure out how to do the, you know, match the revs on the downshift. You had to be really busy on your footwork to make everything work because the transmission really wasn't designed for road racing. So uh, the drivers, and, I, and I, again, I learned, I went out to Bondurant School, Bob Bondurant, and, and he taught us the old proper technique um, how to heel-toe downshift, and I sort of picked up on it. And uh, You'd be surprised how many people were having trouble with that. But from the, from the people sitting at home watching it on television and going to the racetrack, when they came out with that new transmission, it was it, it made a lot more cars competitive that normally maybe would have gotten lapped on those days. These guys could drive it, uh, the new transmission, because you didn't use a clutch and you you had to brake with your left foot instead of braking with your right foot. So yeah, it really sort of evened the competition up. I hated to see it uh, come out uh, because we there's a handful of guys that sort of had it figured out. So that you didn't have to race 40 guys. You could race maybe seven or eight guys instead of racing 40 and now uh you know everybody's competitive and the biggest thing is that transmission they've come out with many years ago the jericho gearbox yep when they come out with jericho i remember the first time that uh we were kind of uh, was forward and everything we kind of stayed on the leading edge of a lot of things and then uh they put the transmission in it and it was supposed to be where you didn't have to shift the clutch and, and ricky i think it was we went to Watkins Glen. And Ricky went out, made this couple of warm-up laps, and stood on it for about one lap and come in. We got a tire temperature, and I asked Ricky, I said, what do you think about the transmission? Ricky said, Gregory, I, I hate to say it, but with this transmission, you might be able to drive the car a little bit. I said, well, <laughs> that's telling me it's a plus. <laughs> but Ricky, Ricky was good at that hill. Told, remember that he followed you a full lap when he's in your own yeah. car? And showing how fast he's moving your heel toe and everything, and there wasn't a lot of people could do that right. But Rick, yeah, Rick it was did. it was different. I wouldn't say it was the right way or wrong way. You had to find a, find something that made it work. I remember uh, Daryl Waltrip, who struggled some on the road courses. He did good at Riverside, but he struggled on some of the other ones. They played that video. ESPN had a foot camera in there. And he come back and told me, he said, "What in the world?" He said, "Look like you're trying to stomp out a fire in the full board or something." <laughs> what, what are you doing? But whatever it did, it worked. You know, you just didn't even think about it. It just you just reacted and did what the car asked for you to do, and it all worked out. So the new cars understand. I think if I'm getting this right, they're going to have a, a sequential gearbox, which is even a step further than the, than the transmissions they're running today, where they'll basically be like a motorcycle shifter. Understand? I think some of the sports cars have it, where basically you got the lever that sticks up, and you just rock it back and forth, and uh, you go forward with it to bump it forward to go up the gears and. Uh, or have it backwards, go bump it forward to go down and pull it back to go up. And uh, 
it's going to make things even simpler yet, which if they do do, do some of the street courses, it, it's going to help out. I wouldn't say it's mandatory, but it's going to make life much simpler to transition to the to the street courses when that day comes. I'm surprised it didn't go to the paddles on the steering wheel like uh, Andy and Yeah, I guess they, they had to draw the line somewhere, I reckon, <laughs> but uh, that's basically what it is. It's a paddle shift, but it's, uh, you know, streetcar technology. They've had it for quite a few years, yeah. you know, this, all this technology is sort of due to the cup cars, but... You know, back in the day, uh, Bill France, his big thing was not necessarily being on that leading edge of technology. You want to do, if you wanted that, you go IndyCar racing or you go Formula One. But he would always look at it, well, you know, okay, we have all these new devices and everything, and the car owners are spending, and Greg can probably contribute on this end, the car owners are spending, you know, say a couple hundred thousand dollars to buy all these new gearboxes and and he would he would point it to me one time. He said, looked up the stands. He said, do you think those people up there sitting there buying tickets are going to realize that you've got a neat little sequential gearbox? Uh, he said, they're not going to have any idea. So he said, no, we're going to save this money. We're going to spend it other places. And that was his whole philosophy. And it, it, it worked really good for many, many years. You know, we're, uh, me especially, I'm a, just a huge fan of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and, and the 500. But uh, and then when the stock cars got to go there a few years ago, although a lot of people didn't want taxi cabs up there, I thought it was great. But um, when you you won there in nineteen ninety seven, and I remember it very well. That was that. I mean, to me, that would be as big a thrill as winning Daytona or any place because of just because personally the way I feel about Indianapolis. Uh, how how was that? I mean, that had to be a tremendous uh, feeling. Yeah, I mean, I think it meant different things to different drivers, and I think it all had to do with their background coming up through the sport. And I came in from, I really wasn't even open wheel. I came in from go-karting, uh, but they were not the kind of short track go-karts. These were the ones you lay flat on your back and run well over 100 mile an hour. Wow. So most of the people that I raced with went on to do, they would they would usually go to the, to the winged midgets or the dirt midgets, and then on to Indianapolis, which to me seems like an awful big jump going from dirt to Indy to the Indy 500. But that was sort of the that was sort of the program I was sort of being I wouldn't say groomed for, but that's where all my friends end up doing. They end up going IndyCar racing, and and I ended up blindly into stock car racing by accident, really. And uh, and after I got there, I said, man, I, I'm not going anywhere. I'm happy where I'm at. And plus, during a lot of those early years of IndyCars, or at least you know my driving career. You know, you're, those guys got broke up a lot. Yeah, you know? they, did. they burnt up. I hated fire. Those guys caught on fire all the time. So I'm happy right what I did. But going to India, I never thought once I sort of changed that career path, I didn't think I'd ever be back, you know, having a chance to race at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Then. And that's why it meant a lot to me because I was able to run the speedway. And you did it in your own car. Yeah, that's, that's right. I mean, it's kind of strange. I ended up, I drove a lot, a lot of great teams, you know, Bud Moore's included and Rick Hendricks and, and the list goes on. Uh, but when we, uh, uh, actually Richard Childress too. You know, so when I when I um, had a chance to go there and and run, I was at Hendricks, and I think we ran good. We broke or something, and then it was really strange. I was able to, as an owner and a driver, we were able to win the Brickyard, and we had just had a team put together that year that just that really knew their way around that speedway as far as preparing a car and great motor program and. And we won it in our own car. It's kind of ironic. I wouldn't have thought it was the win. If it did come at all, I didn't really expect it to maybe come in our car. Yeah. Ricky, I tell you, it's great having you on the show. I don't think we had you on last year, and I don't know exactly why. I'll have to scold Greg about that. But uh, we, uh, <laughs> uh, you sound great. What, what's Ricky Rudd doing these days? Uh, well, I wish I could tell you all these great, exciting things, you know. But, 
uh, I, I mean, I kind of enjoy just kind of turning into an old homebody, I guess, just me and Linda, my wife. Our son's, he's off, off, just finished college, so we don't see as much of him, don't travel around with him as much. But, you know, just sort of hang around the neighborhood, go get a cup of coffee. Or, gosh, I can't really tell you, but it's nothing. It's probably a lot of the things that we didn't do when we were racing that we didn't get a chance to do. And a lot of it's just, you know, visiting with old friends and family. Uh, I ride a mountain bike occasionally, uh, get on my go-kart every now and then, get in the boat. But, you know, Nothing really that I can tell you is, you know, exciting lifestyle. I sort of lived that with the race cars and wouldn't trade it for nothing, but I kind of enjoy sitting back and watching these kids do it now. It sounds great to me. It does, does <laughs> me too. And I, I, the only thing is, uh, Ricky was always so good in your physical shape, even when he went, when he left NASCAR and retired. But, uh, Ricky, I kind of figured you'd take up like most, well, I was one of the world's worst. It started going down to bars that had uh, uh, big pictures of your race car and other race cars, and you started drinking a little bit of beer or something. But it sounds like you ain't done that. But uh, <laughs> No, that's you, Greg, and not Ricky. Ricky knows there was, there was some of us that, that kind of got carried away with it, and I was probably one of them. But, but. Yeah, no, I was pretty fortunate, you know. Uh, you know, during our era... Uh, when you left the racetracks, you know, one good thing about NASCAR, they ran you out of the garage area if it wasn't a night race. I think it was 5 o'clock. You couldn't hang around even if you wanted to. So everybody went different ways. And I guess even back then, I was pretty fortunate. I ended up, you know, going finding a gym to work out in. I wasn't particularly a very big guy, but I had a, you know, I needed all the help I could get. So I, I could see that spending time in the gym actually helped me on the racetrack. So uh, I don't I do not do that anymore. So I'm just sitting around getting fat like everybody else, eating and, Eating and uh, laying, laying around watching TV. Linda's a good cook. She's over here listening. She says, don't forget I'm a good cook. That's why you're getting fatter. I, 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 I can't imagine a fat Ricky Rudd, but uh, I tell you what, um, we really appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, you are one of my favorites because when you drove for Bud Moore, I thought it was I thought it was the perfect team. Uh, 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 for four years, it was really terrific. Ricky, it, it was. You know, and I, I look back and I look back now, leaving you know, leaving Bud's, and, and probably wasn't the smartest thing I've ever done. Bud's team, you know, Greg, everybody there, they did a great job. You know, I was, uh, I guess, I had a dream, and I was, it was always to try to, you know, and Bud's was not that they were a top team, but there was probably the team of the future at that time was, you know, the Hendricks. At least from a driver's standpoint, you look at all the neat gadgets they've got, and Chevrolet was very committed to that team, and all the engineering and wind tunnel stuff they had access to. So. You know, I sort of, I guess, what is it, grass is greener on the other side. And, you know, had to do over again. I probably stayed right where I was. And we had all once more races. Well, we've had you on for about 25 minutes, and I can't believe it. We made it without talking about Bud Moore taping your eyelids open. So <laughs> we, uh, we won't go there this year. Ricky, th- <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show. And tell Linda hello and your family. And uh, thank you so much. We in the, the Great interview. Thank you so much. You sound just well, like you always you. did to me. <laughs> well, we enjoy it. Talk, always enjoy talking to y'all and catching up with Greg. See what's going on. So you guys take care. I know you got a busy show. So thanks for having me on. Well, thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk to you next year. Uh, sounds good. Sir. All right, thank you, Ricky. As Ricky Rudd, good interview, good one, Greg. He's a uh, very well spoken and just wants to. Uh, Hang out and have a cup of coffee and walk around the neighborhood and visit people. Just a good guy. A uh, all, good neighbor. And it was that way as a driver. I mean, it was just good all the way around. So uh, let's take our next break. I let him run about four or five minutes long there, which is okay. I enjoyed listening to him. But we'll be back after this. And uh, 
cruise on into the end of the show. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Impex Pre-Owned is raising the bar in the car industry. Impex is a different kind of dealership, family-owned and operated. Jamie Nodine and his wife, Rita, are Boiling Springs natives and proud to be serving the Boiling Springs, Inman, and Spartanburg communities. Jamie handpicks every vehicle and posts the best prices up front at ImpexPreOwned.com. Find the car, truck, or SUV of your dreams at a price you can afford at Impex Pre-Owned. Asheville Highway, Boiling Springs. Don't just dream it, drive it at Impex Pre-Owned. The Fox Sports 1400 app is the best way to keep up with Spartanburg Sports Scene. Download it now by searching Fox Sports 1400, either at the Apple Store or via Google Play. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like RJ Rockers, crowd pleasing Budweiser brands, and world famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift jim and the staff at palmetto spirits will get it in your hands palmetto spirits located at the corner of reedville and anderson mill roads make phillips and long fuel chesney your source for propane in spartanburg county they offer propane for hot water heaters cooking and heat they can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season not only do they sell propane but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane if your propane tank is running low, call and we'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. Do you want a rundown house or a property with problem tenants? Did a relative leave you a house behind on maintenance and all the problems that go with it? If any of these things are true, Upstate Property Solutions can help. Upstate Property Solutions buys homes in any condition or circumstance. Foreclosures, condemned homes, mobile homes with or without land, it doesn't matter. We have a solution for you. The best part is we will pay you cash. So give us a call today at 256-0727 or visit UpstatePropertySolutions.com. Consultations are free. Towns both large and small, some of those tracks have faded into memory. Here's Perry Allen Wood with another silent speedways of the South Minute. Few racing venues have the history of Lakewood Speedway in Atlanta, Georgia. Opening July 28, 1917 with a race between Barney Oldfield and Ralph De Palma, Lakewood hosted AAA, EMCA, and USAC open wheelers and ARCA and NASCAR stock cars. The one-mile dirt semi-oval surrounded Pools Creek Reservoir and was known as the Indianapolis of the South. 
Every notable American driver raced there in its day, and some died, including George Barringer and the Indy 500 winner George Robeson in a gruesome 1946 Labor Day crash. In 1959, Richard Petty won his first Grand National race until the results were protested by the new winner, Lee Petty. Other victors were Ted Horn, Bill Holland, Eddie Sachs, Tim Flock, Herb Thomas, Buck Baker, Curtis Turner, Junior Johnson, Joe Weatherly, and Fireball Roberts. The old track bat out in style with Evil Knievel's 1974 show and in 1977's Smokey and the Bandit. On September 3rd, 1979, Lakewood Speedway closed its rusty gates for the last time and the Indianapolis of the South faded into memory. That's another Silent Speedway of America. I'm Perry Allen Wood. Terry's book is available online. Visit McFarlandPub.com and type in Silent Speedways to place your order today. That was a long time ago when I did that. And uh, that's when I, Ronnie, you'll remember I only had a, y'all gave me about three minutes a week. Yeah. And it was pre-recorded. Right. <laughs> but uh, listen, I still enjoy listening to them. I, some of them I like listening to over and over. Well, we got a bunch of them on here. And, uh, I well, let's it, don't I be thought, shy about sharing them. Well, I thought that was appropriate to, uh, to do Atlanta. So uh, anyway, all right, let's get to uh, results. We've got a lot of them. And, uh Looks like I'm going to have plenty of time to do it. The cup race last week was at Road America and the Jockey Made in America 250 presented by Quick Trip. And it was at uh, Road America in Elkhart Lake, Indiana on the 4th of July. Not Daytona, but at, uh, and last year I think it was at Indianapolis. So this year it was at Elkhart Lake and I kind of liked it. It doesn't matter to me exactly where they run it, but it was a good race. A good race, good turnout of people. Oh, they said it was well, way over 100,000. It just oh, spread yeah. over four miles of hillside. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good race. And Chase Elliott won it, thanks to uh, me picking him second. And kind of a surprise, I guess, was uh, Christopher Bell. I'm looking at the uh, margin of finish here. It was... Uh, about five and a half seconds, so it wasn't extremely close. Uh, Christopher Bell was second for Joe Gibbs. Third was uh, Kyle Busch driving for Joe Gibbs. Fourth was Kurt Busch driving for Ganassi. Fifth was Hamlin for Gibbs. Sixth was Chase Briscoe. Seventh, Ross Chastain. Eighth, Tyler Reddick. Ninth, Martin Truex. And tenth, Matt D. Benedetto, um, who had a good race. He led a good bit of that race. In fact, I was, thought he had a chance to win it. I was really pulling for him. And you know Chip Kenesi's state uh gonna bow out of the NASCAR yep. as far as NASCAR Winston I'm what is it? What they call it now? Mo- no Monster Energy. Monster Energy. Just say cup. Cup. Whatever. <laughs> but, but the thing about it is uh he knows he's going away anyway because uh Cindric's gonna get that car. So he's he's auditioning for whoever wants him and uh um I think he'll land a ride. I like uh, D. Benedetto, and I think he does a good job. I, I, I would like to see him hurry up and get that first win. Let's look at the point standings. This is the playoff standings. Uh, leading the standings is Kyle Larson with four wins. Martin Truex, Alex Bowman have three each. They're second and third. Fourth is Kyle Busch, and fifth is Chase Elliott. They've got two wins apiece. The rest of these guys only have one, and that's William Byron, Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, who I believe won that race at Atlanta in the spring. Um, Brad Keselowski is ninth. Christopher Bell is 10th. 11th is Mike, Michael McDowell. 
And then the following uh, five drivers do not have a win yet, and they're based on their stage points. Denny Hamlin is 12th. Kevin Harvick's 13th. I say this every week, but you know they're going to win. Um, 14th is Austin Dillon. 15th, Tyler Reddick. And 16th, Kurt Busch slipped back in there as uh, he sort of got a a slide sliding board there with uh, Ross Chastain and Chris Boucher uh, slipping in and out of the that last position to 16th. It was a really good battle. Ricky Stenhouse and Matt DiBenedetto uh, has slipped in there a little bit closer too. As for tomorrow, the assigned qualifying has Chase Elliott on the pole. Kyle Busch is, uh, was assigned to second place. Third is Denny Hamlin. Fourth, Christopher Bell. So that's, uh, and fifth is Martin Truex. So there's your four Gibbs cars right there in a row. Um, Seventh is Tyler Reddick, eighth Kurt Busch, ninth Ross Chastain, and tenth Joey Logano. Looking on down the list here, some uh, some uh, familiar names. Uh, Matt Benedetto is twelfth. Brad Keselowski is fourteenth. The spring race winner Ryan Blaney is fifteenth. Uh, looking on down, Harvick starting twenty first. Bubba Wallace is twenty fourth, and um, it's a. Looks like a 37-car field, so they don't have a full field there. But that will be run tomorrow. The Cork Estate 400, which I'll go over the television later, but it's um, 3.30 on NBCSN. Let's go to Xfinity where let's talk about Jeremy for a minute because it's not, I mean, he's he had a rough go of it. Did you hear what happened? No, I did not. Okay. He was on the... Uh, the Wednesday show that they have on open mic from uh, um, R.J. Rockers had a wire, and I'm not—I don't remember what it went to, but it was a wire that was rubbing a braided power steering hose, and it wore the coating, I guess, off the wire, which sort of short-circuited into the power steering hose. And made it start leaking. Put a hole in it, I guess. So they came in and lost three laps fixing the uh, um, electrical problem. Or they lost, maybe it was four. They lost three laps, I think, in fixing the electrical problem. And and the power steering because they had to, you know, patch that up too. So he got down four or three laps with eight laps to go. But that's a four-mile lap. So they had a crash. He got one lap back with a lucky dog. They had another crash. He got another lap back with a lucky dog. And I said, well, this could work out okay. Because at this point, there's still five or six laps to go. And they had another pretty big crash. They never threw the caution flag. And he brought that up the other day. Did you see that, Ronnie? I did. And and I wondered why they didn't. Well, that would have put him back on the lead lap. Yeah. Which he really needed that caution. And cars were tore up and pieces laying in the track. And the cars, unfortunately for Jeremy, were able to drive away. So, no caution flag. It had to be the alternator wire. That's the I char- believe it that's, was. That's charging wire, and it runs all the way back to the battery. So okay. there's no fuse link involved. So whenever it does short out, it burns something up. Well, there's an expert that answered the question with very little information to go on. <laughs> and he, uh, uh, Jeremy said they have ordered something very expensive, and that won't happen again. Something else might happen, but it won't be that. So anyway, unfortunately, Kyle Busch... Uh, Ran away from everybody and won the race by three and a half seconds over Daniel Hemrick, who is still looking for that first win. 
Those are um, listen. Here's a Joe Gibbs cars, but I thought Kyle Busch's car was his own. Is, does he just have the trucks, and he doesn't have the Xfinity car? Okay. Um, third was Michael Annette. Fourth, AJ Allmendinger. Fifth, Harrison Burton. Sixth, Kevin Harvick, who was a uh, moonlighting trying to learn to track. Seventh, Riley Herbst. Eighth, eighth Austin Cindric. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, ninth, Noah Craxton, and tenth, Justin Haley. You got to look all the way down to twenty eighth to find Jeremy Clements, who finished uh, one lap down. And um, behind him, there's a. You got Josh Balicki, Ryan Ellis, Brett Moffitt, and Natalie um, Decker, who were all in crashes that helped him get back on the lead lap. And uh, but just wasn't quite enough. So. Here's the way the points shake out, and he's still in pretty good shape, I guess. But he needs to he needs to put in some top tens, and, and a one in a race would be wonderful. Austin Sendrick has got an 89 point lead on AJ Allmendinger. Daniel Hemrick is third. Justin Allgaier fourth. Harrison Burton fifth. Jeb Burton sixth. Justin Haley seventh. Brandon Jones eighth. Noah Craggs the ninth. Michael Annette is tenth. Jeremy Clements is eleventh. So he's Still got one spot to play with. They take the top 12. And Brandon Brown, who drives at number 68, and it always seems to be a thorn in Jeremy's side, and was the 12th car in last year when Jeremy was the first car out. Uh, Brandon Brown is sitting 12th. Now, Jeremy's got some ways to go. He's not too close to the people in front of him anymore like he was. Um, He's 34 points behind Michael Annette. And he's 55 points behind a tenth, behind a ninth place car of Noah Cragson. So it would take some kind of really big move for him to catch either one of those this week. But he needs to start working on it. On the other hand, he has a 33-point lead over 12th place, which you know, it was 41 last week. So it's, you know, it's... it's yeah, who's it, behind him in uh, Brandon Brown. And yeah. Miat Snyder is 36 points back, but he won a race at... Uh, I can't remember where he won. But anyway, I think it was well, uh, date, uh, Homestead. Brandon Brown has, last few races, has been a, real similar to Jeremy's. Yeah. He's started out like a ball of fire, and he's been snake bit li- lately. Well, he needs to keep snake bit because uh, that's, uh, yeah, uh, 33 is a good margin, but they got nine races to go before the, the chase, and that's, uh, that's a long way to have to hold out. He'd be a whole lot more comfortable, of course, if he won one, but if he... Uh, had some improved finishes because he hadn't had a top 10 now in several weeks, maybe a month. The lineup for the race today, the Credit Karma Money 250. Um, Kyle Busch is on the pole. Daniel Hemrick is second. Almendinger third. Cendrick fourth. And Harrison Burton fifth. We'll look all the way down to 19th to find Jeremy Clements. And he had a good run at Charlotte, uh, at uh, Atlanta in the spring, as he pointed out on the Open Mike Daly the uh, Wednesday. He uh, got in the wrong lane on a restart with about, it might have even been a green-white checker or something, and got screwed all the way back uh, when he had a top three or four car back right. maybe, uh, I don't know where he finished, but it wasn't too, it was like 10th maybe. Yeah, Wasn't that when he really started showing improvement? Oh, yeah. That, that was early in the season. That was yeah. like the third or fourth race, and uh, that was when he was racking up top tens every right. week. So, we'll be pulling for Jeremy today like we always do. And uh, i tell you what we're going to do. We're right on the money with the uh, with the time here. So, let's take our last break and come back and uh, wrap this thing up. 
You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1400, 98.3 FM. Low prices, big selection, quality customer service. That's Nissan of Greer. Get big savings on over 300 new Nissans. Shop our large selection of used vehicles, including Nissan certified pre-owned. Plus, we're the place for commercial fleets, for expert service. And if you need credit, come and get it. Ask about military, college grad, and mobility assist savings too. Hurry to Nissan of Greer today. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Clay 1197 for more details. Business owners, have product or material you need moved, shipped, stored? Upstate Logistics in Spartanburg has the expertise in transportation and warehousing you're looking for in Spartanburg County and beyond. For over a decade, Upstate Logistics has provided businesses with storage and logistics services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. Upstate Logistics, proud to be a part of our community, serving Spartanburg County and beyond since 2005. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and inventory moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. That's UpstateLogistics.com. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. The home of the Spartanburg Vikings is Fox Sports 1400. WSPG Spartanburg. Now on FM at 98.3. Nice jumper. When your game's that hot, you need to cool down with an icy treat from McDonald's. Like any size Minute Maid, Pink Lemonade, or new Strawberry Watermelon Slushy for $2. Or any size new Frozen Coke, new Frozen Fanta Wild Cherry or Blue Raspberry, or McCafe Ice Coffee for $1.69. It's more than a drink. It's a McDonald's drink. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Price of participation may vary. Limited time only. Time to get bound and they offer combo meal. Coca-Cola fans and made a Richard Trademarks, the Coca-Cola Company. To the uh, final segment of Start Your Engines. What'd you say there, Ronnie? I said, Start us up. Well, here we go. I was going to try to start us up with a, a song. A hit song I wrote, but didn't work. So, anyway, maybe that's for the we'll, good. We'll work on it for next week. Yeah, that might be for the good. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Uh, ARCA. ARCA runs tonight, or is it. Um, yes, I think it's tonight, and it's late, and I think it's on, Ma- it's on MAV TV. And it's the Menards 250 from Elko, Minnesota, which is a .375 mile paved oval. So Corey Heim is the points leader there. Ty Gibbs is second. And they're the only two guys that have won a race. And nobody else is really in it. Thad Moffitt is third. Nick Sanchez fourth. And Drew Dollar is fifth. Indy cars are off this week. We got a slim pickings on TV today. You know, it's just NASCAR is all we got today and tomorrow. Uh, well, that's not exactly true, but I'll get to the TV in a minute. Indy uh, ran last week at Mid-Ohio on a road course in a 
very good race. Joseph Newgarten finally got a win. Uh, Marcus Erickson was closing on him like crazy, but uh, less than a second behind. He couldn't quite get there. So Joseph Newgarden for Penske was the winner. And it was also the 60th anniversary. Is that right? The 50th anniversary of Penske's first win, which was at Pocono with Mark Donahue back in 1971. Yep. Uh, I know that because that when I graduated from high school. And you watched the race, maybe. I did. <laughs> well, how about the second place finisher? This is the one we like, the Husky chocolate car <laughs> with uh, Marcus Erickson. Third was Alex Palou. Fourth, uh, Scott Dixon. Fifth, Alexander Rossi. Sixth, Graham Rahal. Seventh, Roman Groshan in a very good race for him. Eighth, Patricio O'Ward. Ninth, Santino Ferrucci, who, by the way, is in the Xfinity race today, so keep an eye on him. And 10th was Takuma Sato. So I watched that race with my son, which was a lot of fun. And by the way, Jake's been in town for 10 days from the Marine Corps. Oh, I know that was exciting for uh, you. It's been so great to have him in town. I know he's running around doing some errands today. Um, And it was just, uh, it's just been fantastic having him. A lot of, a lot of. Odd jobs got done around, <laughs> That's good. around 105 Pineville Road, uh, especially yesterday. So the point standings for Indy is Alex Palou is first. He's got a 39-point lead over Patricio O'Ward. Third is Scott Dixon. Fourth, Joseph Newgarten. Fifth, Marcus Erickson. Sixth, Simon Pagino. Seventh, Colton Herta. Eighth, Renus VK. Ninth, Graham Rahal. And tenth, Takuma Sato. They are off until August the 8th. But when they come back, they're going to be running on the streets of Nashville, Tennessee. I'm anxious to see that. Did you see the layout of the track? I did not. Well, they showed it on the IndyCar race last week. Did you see it? Yes, I did. Running across that bridge? Across the bridge. (laughs) That means they're going to have to have a boat or two down there in that river. (laughs) I tell you what, they're going across an iron bridge. You know, it's not... It's a modern bridge, nice and wide and everything, but it's... uh, uh, and it's just well, a wild-looking uh, setup. And well, I, I, I used to live to in Nashville, so I'm anxious to see how they configured that thing. Well, it, it's on both sides of the river. That's all I can tell you. And that had to be hard to do. Yeah. Uh, and now that I'm thinking about it, they only use one bridge. So they're going to have to have some pretty strong barriers down the middle of that thing to come back the other way. Yeah. I didn't. That just now crossed my mind. I was, <laughs> I was thinking, well, that's a nice wide bridge to come across, but you got to go in two directions, so it better be wide. Um, anyway, that will be August the eighth, and we got a while to talk about that and get our our ducks lined up on uh, um, the layout of the course and what's going on, and it's going to be very exciting. That will be, by the way, a five thirty start on NBCSN. I'm surprised they didn't put that on the mothership. Yeah, but. Um, it's on at five thirty, so that's be a that's one I'm really looking forward to. Now that's in August, August the eighth, about a month away. Formula One ran last week. Here's Greg with the ball tickets. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I won twenty. Showing your age on that there. I won twenty. That's what he calls them. I won twenty bucks last week. So uh, see, everybody starts scratching theirs right now. I don't scratch mine till I get ready. I throw it in my envelope, and I I scratch mine on Friday night. You know, almost a week later, um, when I'm doing my homework for the show. So, a couple of weeks ago, it was worth 200 and last night, it was worth 20 So, uh, thank you, Greg. Appreciate that. The scratching you here is uh, people doing their... Move that microphone over there, Greg, so we won't pick up all the runny scratching and pull it down to your mouth. Thank you very much, buddy. But anyway, uh, 
no, we, we like doing this. this, this we support the education lottery. And it's a, <laughs> it's something. We do this for educational purposes, Absolutely. not to make any money. Well, we've been doing it for years. It kind of turned into a habit. Yep. And we went for a long time, remember, Ronnie, Perry, where nobody could hit a winner at all. Yeah. Well, we had that guy that used to come on the show that quit us. He was he was pretty good about it. He just stayed on the show just because he was winning every week. He was taking home a hundred bucks a week, but uh, he didn't last too long. He didn't last too long. He didn't he didn't like getting uh, the schedule changed on him. He, he wasn't flexible enough. No. Okay. Anyway, we won't talk. I don't even remember his name. But here we go. Formula One uh, ran last week at Austria. They ran there two weeks in a row. So last week was the Grand Prix of Austria. And it was won by Max Verstappen, who was uh, doing very, very well. Second was um, Valtteri Bottas. Third, uh, Lando Norris. And that's uh, Honda, Mercedes, and McLaren. It was good to see McLaren up there. Lewis Hamilton was uncharacteristically fourth. Fifth was Carlos Sainz. Sixth, uh, Sergio Perez. Seventh, Daniel Ricciardo. Eighth. Roger Leclerc and the Ferrari and 10th Pierre Gasly. I'm sorry, 9th Pierre Gasly in number 10. And 10th was Fernando Alonso looking down here to the uh, pathetic American cars. They finished 18th and 19th with uh, Mick Schumacher and Nikita Mazepin, the Kannapolis Formula One team. Well, I noticed on that, they got team orders. When to pass, not to pass. Teammates. Yeah. Well, I, I, I can't understand that. Th- they ought to tell those two uh, Haas drivers just to pass anything in the, that's not a teammate because <laughs> they don't do too good at it. Um, the next race for Formula One will be next week at Silverstone where they will run uh, the Pirelli British Grand Prix. Silverstone, a very famous track, but they're off this week. The point standings uh, spread out a little bit. Verstappen uh, is leading who stretched his lead, I think, from like three points to 32 over Lewis Hamilton. Third is Sergio Perez. Fourth, Lando Norris. And fifth, Valtteri Bottas. And we'll stop it right there. Uh, We did a lot last week on the WeatherTech uh, sports car series with uh, Mike Hill calling in, or we called him, and talking about the great race they ran to win at Watkins Glen. Loved it. Point standings for the WeatherTech Sports Car Series. Of course, uh, the first two are Ricky Taylor and Philippe Albuquerque. The second two, and those are teammates, of course. The second two are Olivier Jarvis and Harry Tinknell. And fifth and sixth is Felipe Nasser and Pipo Durrani driving the Wheeling Engineering Cadillac that we are so fond of around here. So, television, not much. Not much today at all. Um, on... Uh, NBCSN, the Xfinity Series runs from Atlanta at 3.30, pre-race at 3 o'clock. And uh, I'll have plenty of time to get home from Applebee's this week to watch it, Ronnie. And then um, I thought we had, yes, I didn't even highlight it, but here it is. 10 o'clock tonight, live on MAV-TV, there's the ARCA race from Elko, Minnesota. So we do have two races today. Pretty far apart. We got, we got three today. What else we got? Don't forget the uh, new series. Yep, you're right. We got eight o'clock tonight there at Slinger Speedway in Slinger, Wisconsin. That's a new one on me. Is that paved or do we know? I think it's paved. Okay. Thank you, Ronnie. Thanks for pointing that out. By the way, I was fooling around on uh, YouTube last night, 
as I do just about every night. And uh, they had some candid video. I, I guess it was taken by the network. It wasn't amateur, but it was something that came that happened after the race last week. And Helio Castor Nevis was mad, and he got right in uh, Scott Speed's face and was pointing his finger and giving him all kinds of grief, and did the, about the same with uh, uh, Marco Andretti. Yeah, and, but I never heard why. Well, I, you know, I was watching the race, but I don't remember. I think it was something that happened off camera, and this was off camera as well. But I'm sitting there thinking, here's a guy who just won the most important race in the world, the fastest race ever run, won millions of dollars doing it, and he's ticked off about a race that doesn't even count in a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, made for, a made-for-TV race. So uh, that shows you what kind of competitor Helio Castroneves is. To him, it matters, no matter what it is. And I love that. A win is a win is a win. <clears throat> You're right. So, okay, tomorrow. Not much, uh, pretty slim pickings again. At 3.30, you have the NASCAR Cup Series race from in, from uh, Atlanta on NBCSN. Pre-race at 3 o'clock. Race from 3.30 to 7. And that's it. But when I printed this thing out, I can look on down. It puts some... Uh, it shows some other races coming up, uh, not the full schedule, but highlights some of the major ones. And Saturday's July 17th is the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship race from Lime Rock, which will be the next time they run. And unfortunately, it says 530 to 830 SD, which means same day. So you're going to have to wait till 530 to see it or, uh, as I will probably do, watch it on NBC Gold, which um, I pay four ninety nine a month for. And it's worth it. Uh, that's about it. Did you get anything? You did? Ten bucks. Ten. <laughs> you didn't even have to walk down the street to get it. How'd no, you do, Adam? I, I hadn't got done yet, but I'm not, not too good so far. See, but uh, you're so meticulous. You scratch every bit of the scratch-off off. I just scratched enough to see if, what the number was. You look like you're a... Well... You're doing it. Well, you're, you're, you're building I, up the I, drama. I, I, I like I like getting all my nice and neat and everything. <laughs> well, like you but, do. But we were talking about Ricky Rudd there yep. a little bit earlier. He's talking about never had drove on dirt. I was, that surprised I, me. I was wanting to say I can make that dream come true. <laughs> uh, we, well, I wish you we had. Come on down here to Cherokee Speedway, and I can have him something. We can uh, we can see. I'm pretty sure he could probably drive dirt because you know his whole career there driving. You know, Earnhardt didn't mess with that boy too much. No, and when they did get together at, uh, North, at uh, North Wilkesboro, uh, Bodine won. <laughs> so uh, that was when he was driving that Quaker State car. And he, um, I think he went to Quaker State after he left Greg, after he left Bud Moore. But Greg's uh, about 10 feet from the microphone, and he won't be responding to that. So uh, anyway, that does pretty much for today. Uh, I've got to maybe find me a new fish camp. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of my assignment today. I don't know how long my son is going to stick around. My my daughter's working. Of course, uh, she's working hard on her wedding uh, arrangements. And then we got a... Now that's next summer, right? That's next summer. In fact, it's July 23rd next summer. And uh, I can wait. <laughs> I can wait a year. But she's uh, she's getting everything lined up. I'm sure it'll be beautiful. She's a beautiful girl. I'm very proud of her. Very proud of Jake, 
who was getting ready to be deployed to Japan. So I've had him for 10 days, and uh, well, it's been I know great to see him. The Navy motto used to be, you know, join the Navy and see the world. Yeah. He did it with the Marine Corps. But he's not seen much but Japan. No, that's not true, though. When he did that last nine-month deployment, he was all over the Mediterranean. Yeah. He was in Afghanistan and everywhere you don't want to be. He's seen a bunch of the world where bad things have been happening. That's exactly right. So, uh, But as last I heard, um, Japan was pretty much on our side now. And But what he was telling me last night is I think they've locked it down. And I heard that was going to affect yeah. the Olympics. It is They're because let they only have happen. like 3 to 5% of their population uh, vaccinated. That's worse than Arkansas. Yeah. And, um, I, I, you know, I, I'm not going to get political. We, we can't, in South Carolina, we can't put off on Arkansas too much with that because <laughs> we're right behind. We're, we are pretty low, too. But I'm telling you what, I, and I'm not, I was going to say, I'm not going to get political, but, you know, get your shots. Absolutely. I mean, uh, it, the, this I Delta s- variant is. I saw a map. People. I saw a map on one of the news networks last night. That uh, South Carolina is one of the states that is now having the most percentage of their population get sick. Get your shot. Hannah's still got one to go, and uh, I just can't wait. Uh, it, it may be you got to wait a month. I think it may be coming up this week or something, but it just doesn't make sense not to. I don't care who you voted for, who you wanted to be president. This thing is real, and it's killing people, and we got a new twist to it now that's killing more people, and. Uh, just when you thought it was over, it's not. And the more unvaccinated people we have, the more variants we're going to run up against. So you heard it there from Dr. Uh, Ronnie Black sitting in for Dr. Fauci. And, uh, Greg, you got 20 seconds to say something. Make it quick. Well, I, I just wanted to say that this tickled to death that, that, uh, Hurry up. that Hannah, you know, has gotten engaged and everything. And that's really neat. I mean, I think that's in, in Jake being in town and. Uh, Perry's got some wonderful kids. Okay, that, thank you for that unsolicited testimonial. i got to mention before we get out of here, next week, 10 o'clock to 1 o'clock, Impact's pre-owned, and um, maybe we'll have a live guest there. Alan, no winner? No winner. Okay, buddy. Well, that's going to about do it for this week. We had a good show. I had a few uh, problems pushing some of these buttons, but uh, Natalie... It's not there today, so somebody get our table ready. It won't be Natalie, but we're on the way. Have a good Saturday. Be safe. Get a shot. And keep it between the fences. Woo!